This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Hey, well, good morning. Uh, That's me. I'm Jake. I am the student ministries pastor here. Glad you're here uh, this morning. And if you're here for a baptism or it's your first time uh, and you were nervous about the guy that's teaching, uh, the student pastor's teaching, so you don't have to worry too much. Uh, And so here's the deal. Uh, What I want to do is I want to start with something a little different this morning. Uh, I, when I was in high school, I actually joined my youth group's worship team because we didn't have any guys on the team. And I thought, well, if I join, we'll get some extra guys on the team. And it worked. Uh, But we just didn't have my mic on. That's how it worked as well. So it just looked like I was up there. And then we got some guys on the team and that, that was awesome. Uh, But what I'd love to do this morning is just reprise my, my worship leading days. And I would love to lead you uh, in a song. Now, it's a repeat after me song, okay? And it's got some pretty easy steps to it. Uh, and I'm going to tell you how it works, and then we'll just, we'll just worship uh, together. So here's how it works. It starts like this. It starts with, uh, I, I will say a sentence like, oh, you can't get to heaven. And then you would say, oh, you can't get to heaven, okay? And then I would say something like uh, the cheesiest one, in roller skates. And you would say, in roller skates. And then I would say, Oh, you can't get to heaven in roller states because God, or sorry, because you'll roll right by. And then you'll go, because you roll right by. And I'll say, those pearly gates. And then you'll say, those pearly gates. And then we all sing together, oh, you can't get to heaven on roller skates because you'll roll right by those pearly gates. I ain't going to grieve the Lord no more, okay? So that's what we're going to do. But here's what I want to do is I want to, I just want to lead you in this. So if you would, if you would stand with me here and we're just going to sing a song together this morning and you can repeat after me. So here's the next line. Oh, you can't get to heaven. In a mini skirt. Because God, God don't love those girls that flirt. Those girls that flirt. And then we all together now. Oh, you can't get to heaven in a mini skirt. Because God don't love those girls that flirt. I ain't going to grieve the Lord no more. All right? Here we go. The next one is this. This, is, this one's great. For those of you that are hard working. Oh, you can't get to heaven. In dirty jeans. Because God ain't got. A washing machine. All together. Oh, you can't get to heaven in dirty jeans. Because God ain't got a washing machine. I ain't going to grieve the Lord no more. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. And so you can take a seat. And you know what? That goes on. And we could say... You know, Kevin talks about his MG. We could say, oh, you can't get to heaven in Kevin's car because Kevin's car won't go that far, right? (laughs) Or if you know, if you went to camp two summers ago with us and you know about our bus, you might say, oh, you can't get to heaven in the New Life bus because the New Life bus puts up too much fuss, okay? (laughs) And you could say that. And uh, they also have, you know, uh, they have the... uh, all sorts of different ones that you could add in there. And you know what was awesome about that song is we sang it at camp with kids. How messed up is that, right? We've got like telling kids all these different ways they're not going to go to heaven and how God doesn't love them. And uh, that's what we sang at church camp. And uh, what I think about New Life is, is we're not there. A lot of churches, if you talk uh, with Ron or even, even some of my background, I've met people that that's just the story. There's no way you're going to get to heaven because you're just too messed up, right? You've done too many things. You're too flirty. You're too this much. You're too messed up. You're not going to get there, right? Uh, Angela has a story from her, her knee didn't go under when she got baptized. And somebody thought, well, like, you've got to get re-baptized because your knee didn't get wet, right? And, uh, and that's the way 
some churches are. They're on that far spectrum. And if you go on to the other side, I think that's where new life is, where it's like, oh, you can get to heaven doing whatever you want, right? And we're a little, we're, we got a lot of grace, which I think is a good thing, but sometimes it can be a bad thing. Sometimes we can take that a little too far, right? And, and, and we, get to, we get to a place where we, where we have missed part of the Bible. And so I think we've swung and gone, you know what? Uh, we can get to heaven doing whatever we want. And so this morning, uh, I get to talk about that. The series is God Never Said That. And my, my line is God never said everyone goes to a better place when they die. So I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off and, and give that to you this morning. Uh, God never said that everybody goes to a better place when they die. And so before I talk about that a little bit more, because that's heavy, uh, before I talk about that a little bit more, I, I'd like to actually point you to the program real quick here. You should have gotten one of these when you came in. And on the inside, there is, uh, there's a Start Here card. It's how you connect with us here at New Life. Uh, and as Kevin says, if, you've, if we've earned your trust by the end of the service, you can turn it in. Uh, but it happens fast, so you may want to fill out the front at least now and then you know, do what you will at the end of service. Because on the back, it'll allow you to sign up for ministry. Uh, it'll allow you to respond to what we're talking about today and say, hey, this is the action point I want to take. Uh, it also will give you a space for prayer requests and those kind of things. The other thing that's in the program is, uh, is this. They're your teaching notes. Good news is we can all go home because they're filled out this morning. Uh, and so you don't even need to listen. No, I'm just kidding. Please listen. Uh, but there is, there is teaching notes in here. The front half already has the blanks filled, which is convenient. The back half does not. So not on the front side. Oh, good. First service, most people had it filled out. There must have been half that got printed with the answer. So that's good. Um, Good, you guys have to pay attention then. Uh, and so, anyways, that's how you can follow along and just uh, get what God's teaching us this morning. So before I do that, let me pray for us and, uh, and we'll get started. God, thanks so much for this morning and bringing us all together to, to learn about the gospel. Uh, we love that, that we can worship a God who came after us and who loves us and who died in our place for us and that that's your heartbeat, that all men will come to know you. And God, I pray uh, right now that that's what you just speak through me. Uh, that I could just get out of the way and that your heartbeat can shine. Uh, we love you, God, and it's your son's name we pray. Amen. So like I said, I get to rip off the Band-Aid and say not everybody goes to a better place when they die. And that's a, that's a pretty heavy line. And I think when we, if you've gone to church for any length of time, you know that in your, in your head, right? You read verses like this one in Matthew where it says, uh, you can't enter God's kingdom Oh, sorry, you can. I did that first service too. Uh, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. And see, the, uh, that makes you think, man, the opposite of everyone goes to a better place when they die might be true. And then Jesus goes, you know what? That's kind of exclusive, but I want you to know is I'm an inclusive God. He goes, I'm going to just make this even easier for you. And in John 14, he says this, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And what I love about this verse is it's pretty cut and dry. Jesus is pretty honest. He's not a way, a truth, a life. He's the way, the truth, the life, and the only way to get to heaven, right? And that's what we read. And if you've been to church for a while, you might think and you go, you know, I know that, Jake. I know that. But then when it takes a trip to our heart and we start thinking about the ones we love, we go, actually, time out. And see, I did this for a long time. I'm going to tell you a little bit of my story. 
I, uh, I was born into a family where my mom had grown up going to church, and shortly after I was born, she started going back to church. And so I, uh, I was kind of in and out of church when I was little and, uh, and then got really involved in, in, uh, early in high school. But my dad, the only church he had ever really experienced was a Catholic school catechism. That's what he went to. And I can tell you, it, it didn't do much for him. Uh, there was a, this is a true story, uh, the, the nun that taught his class had no arms. Um, and that was the scariest thing for him. So all he remembers from Catholic school catechism was a nun that had no arms that freaked him out because she would eat with her feet and would open doors with her feet and did everything with her feet. Uh, and so that freaked my dad out, and uh, that's all he picked up from Catholic school catechism and then never went to church uh, again. And uh, so that story starts like that. And then he met my, uh, met my mom, uh, and my, you know, my, my dad's from Minnesota, my mom's from Texas, and they get met and got married in Colorado, uh, and then had their first kid in Florida, so that was kind of a crazy trip, I, you know. So anyway, they, uh, they, they met, and my dad worked really hard. Uh, my dad worked, still works really hard, never got paid very much, but he was there every day, and in fact, my dad has a, has a record, it's like 10 and a half years or something ridiculous like that, for never using a sick day in his company, so he just never used a sick day, and uh, what was crazy about him was the, the time he had to use a sick day was he, he broke his leg like in half, uh, that required him to use a sick day, if you're wondering, uh, you can't really run a warehouse with a broken leg, so anyways, that was the first time he used a, a sick day. And then I had a friend growing up, a close friend of mine, and he didn't know his dad. And I remember one night my dad was interacting with him different than he interacted with most of my friends. And I, and I kind of caught on to it. My dad said, well, Jake, he was, my friend was a little younger than me. He said, he goes, Jake, he doesn't know his dad. He's never met his dad. And, and he doesn't ever get this attention from, from, a, from a healthy male figure. And I, and I want to be able to feel that from when I can. And so my dad loved on, loved on my friends uh, who, who didn't have dads, which I thought was so awesome. And, uh, but the truth is, I looked at all that and thought, man, my dad's a good guy, right? And when I was 16 or 17, I got home from youth group one night, and I was sitting in my car, and all of a sudden, it became real to me what I knew in my head, that my dad doesn't actually know Jesus, and that means he, he, he's not on his way to a better place when he dies. And I remember, actually, I, I cried that night in my car as I thought about it. I prayed, and I continued praying for years. And I prayed for almost a decade before I finally, uh, in 2014, I was home on Father's Day, and I got to baptize my dad, which was the coolest moment for me. Yeah, it was the coolest moment for me. And, uh, and so, so that's, that's, I mean, that's one of those moments that was a highlight of my life for me. And I think about that day, and I go, you know what? Not every story ends great like that, but every story could, right? And, uh, and so we look at this, and what happens is we sometimes fill the blanks in people's lives. And we go, you know what? When they're far from God, and even though the Bible points to not every road getting to heaven, even though the Bible points to that, when somebody's far from God at their funeral or even sometime in their life, we always try to point to something and go, you know what, this, this is what, got, what might get them into heaven or this is, this is it. And so we look at it. We've got a couple points here for you. But it starts like this. We say, you know what? They, they maybe made a faith attempt sometime in their life. So I could point back and go, you know what? My dad at least went to a church. He went to a Catholic church, and maybe he made a, made a faith attempt with, with his uh, armless nun. That's all I know of the Catholic church that he went to. And, uh, and maybe he made a faith attempt there. And when that's not the case with people that we know and love, we go to the other thing. We go, you know what? They have good, they have good morals. They're a good, good person. We look at somebody like my dad, and we go, you know what? He worked really hard, and he loved his kids, and he, he was there for people who needed a, needed a healthy male figure, and he was a good guy. 
Right? And we go, that, that has surely got to get them into heaven, right? Or there's the third one that we do. When all of that isn't there, we go, you know what? They had a good heart, right? At least they had a good heart, and, and life wasn't fair to them, right? This is like the kind of guys that, like, die in the middle of a crime, and we're like, you know what? They had a good heart, and they, they just made that friend in middle school, or they just had a bad day, or they just got caught up in the wrong people, or they were born in the wrong city. But if, if, if life wasn't so unfair to them, man, then, then they would be better because they have a good heart. And what's the, that, the hardest about all of that is, is against all odds and against all evidence, we point to those things and go, you know what, they are getting to heaven. And then we look at what the Bible actually says and what Jesus actually taught, and we go, oh, wait a minute. That might not be true. And in fact, I wanted to give you a, an illustration of this. And so I've got a clip for you from the office, and uh, here's how it works. Michael, who is the boss, right, he's the boss, and one of his lead salesmen, Dwight, go on a sales call to prove a guy named Ryan, who is their CEO or CFO, that old-school sales tactics still work. So they go, and they're giving out gift baskets to try to get people to come back and and buy paper from them. And they've been using a GPS uh, all day to try to figure out where to go, and Dwight doesn't want to, Michael does, and this is what it ends up with right here in this clip. That is a very good point, Dwight. Make a right turn. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. It means bear right. No. Up there. It said right. It said take a right. No, 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 look. It, it means go up to the right, bear right, over the bridge, and hook up with 307. Make a right Maybe it's turn. a shortcut, Dwight. It said go to the right. It can't mean that. There's well, a lake there. I think it knows where it is going. This is the, the machine knows. This is the lake. Stop yelling at me. No, it's not yelling. Yes. Uh, remain calm. I have trained for this. Right? And so what they do is, is he's got a GPS that's telling him to, to bear right on the 307, and he looks, and there's a lake there, not a road, and he's even got Dwight going, no, Michael, look, there's a lake, right? And sometimes that's like what, we, what we've got in our life is against all evidence, Michael drove his car into a lake, and against all evidence, from time to time, we look at people and we go, you know what? They're living the way they want to live, and they're far from God, but they're going to go to heaven. And that's a little bit what that looks like, right? We're just driving into a lake. What we're doing is we're, we're lying to ourselves, and we're hurting the people we love. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to talk to you guys a couple minutes and, and go, you know what? What do we do now? What do we do now? And so I've got the, the rest of the morning is kind of broken into two parts. The first part is for those of you that, that call New Life home and, and that would call yourself a Christian, we're going to talk a little bit about evangelism. And then the rest of you who are maybe here just to see a baptism or maybe you're just checking Christianity out, we're going we're gonna to talk with you in just a minute. You're welcome to check out what we're talking about, of course, and, and get some insider info on the church. Uh, but for sure, we're going to get you back in and roped in as we finish up this morning. But the first thing we want to do is we want to talk about evangelism, sharing the gospel, telling people about Jesus and and why we're different, what changed us, right? And so we get to look at this verse in Matthew. This is the last thing Jesus said to his disciples, okay? He had done everything he had done, and he finishes his ministry with this verse in Matthew 28. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I love that last promise that God's with us as we go out, right? But you look at this verse, and Jesus goes, the last thing that I want you to hear from me, okay? This is the last word I'm going to give to you 
in my time on earth, and it's go and make disciples, right? Go and, and teach people about me. Go and tell people that there's salvation and redemption and they've got a friend in God. That's the last thing Jesus told us, right? And so we look at this, and let's, let's rewind a little bit. What if, what if every road gets to heaven? What if there are many roads to heaven and there are many ways? Then, then we would have these which are missed because they're not true because that statement isn't true. But let's say, what if it is? And, and then we've got three things with that. The first one is there is no reason for urgency. Why would I mess up a good thing? If I've got a good friend or a family member that I love, why would I make it awkward by bringing like faith and religion and church into the situation, right? That would be weird. Why would I ever do that? So there's no urgency for me to make this relationship uncomfortable because everybody eventually gets to heaven, right? The second one that we would say is, is evangelism is kind of arrogant, right? Because if every road leads to heaven, why is my road better? What makes my decision better than their decision? That's kind of that's arrogant, right? And the third one that we would say is there's no priority. There are other priorities, right? There's no priority for evangelism because there are other priorities. We look at the gospel and we go, man, Jesus told us to feed the hungry and, and clothe the naked and give a drink to those who are thirsty and care for widows and orphans. And we want to do all of that, right? And, and why, would we, why would we take good, valuable time to share the gospel when we could actually help people right here, right now, right? And so that's, that's the evangelism myth. If we think every road gets there, but when we look at the Bible and we look at what Jesus said and we know that every road doesn't get there, here's some things that we need to know about evangelism. The first one is this. Actually, time out. I just, I, I, let me tell you a story first. I, I want to I set this up right. I was thinking about this, and I remembered a, a thing that Penn Jillette did. Now, Penn Jillette, you may or may not know, he was a comedian-magician duo in Vegas, very famous for that show. He's gone on now. He's a political think tank and commentator, and he's an original member of the Church of Bacon, uh, which is a real thing. Um, and what they say is, bacon is real, therefore bacon is our God. Uh, they also say, full of grease and praise the Lord. That's the things they say about... Uh, <laughs> Bacon. So, anyways, he's an original founding member of that. And the Church of Bacon, their big thing is they're, they're atheist, and they're outspoken about uh, atheist, atheistic ideals and beliefs, and they want to push the rights of, of what atheists want, right? And uh, Penn, by the way, is very respectful. He's not one of these guys that's like, all churches are uh, terrible, and everybody that goes to a church is a horrible person. He's not one of those guys. He, he actually is very respectful for churches and whatnot. And in fact, at one of his comedy shows, a guy gave him a, a New Testament and, and just said, hey, Penn, I loved your show, and I've followed you for years, and I really care about you, man. And, uh, and I've got this guy that I love, and I just want you to know about him. And gave him a Bible and gave him a note and just said, hey, you know what, if you ever got questions, I'm, I'm here for you. And, uh, and that's, that's where it ended. And Penn went home that night and filmed a really awkward video um, because he, like, set the camera on his stomach, I think. And it's just like a, it, it was a lot. It was a lot. But it's just his face. And in this video, in this video, Penn says, he, he talks about evangelism, how important it is. He goes, and I think if that's the most important thing to you, you have to tell people about your faith. That's the best thing you can do. And he goes, I always say if you have a belief and you don't, he used the word prophetize, if you don't use, you don't tell people about it, well, what are you doing, right? And then he said this in the end of the video, and this, this messed some people up, but he said this. He says, how much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? And that's heavy. That's really heavy to go, oh, man, if I think everlasting life is possible and I think there's only one way there, why would I not tell them, 
right? And so here's, here's what we know about evangelism. This is the truth. We can say, number one, evangelism is the best thing that we can do for our friends, okay? So loving them is great, but the truth is, if we love them and then keep the most important thing in our lives hidden from them, we're not doing anybody any favors, right? Number two, we would say this, that uh, evangelism is loving. It's not arrogant. It's loving. If we go, you know what? You're on a road that's going to end up in a place you don't want to be. Let me tell you about a better road because I love you and I care about you. I've got a God I love, and I love you, and I'd love for you two to meet, right? It's the most loving thing that we can do. And number three, we would say is this. It's the highest priority. Okay, I, I, and I don't want to get anybody wrong going, you know what? Like, well, I'm not going to feed the hungry no more because I'm only going to tell them the gospel. No, no, no. We still want to do those things. We still want to do those things. But if we've only fed somebody and then we've left the eternity up to whatever they decide or whatever they already know, we haven't done them very many favors. We've only helped them today. And the decisions we make today echo into eternity. And we need to make decisions for eternity, right? And so I look at this and we go, yeah, it's the highest priority. And that's one of the reasons why I love companies like, uh, like World Vision. I've done some work with them. And what I love about World Vision is they are unapologetically a humanitarian aid organization, right? They go to Africa and the Middle East and all these other countries where the gospel is, is just dry. It's not there. And they set up villages and they teach people how to farm and they set up medical units and they feed people and clothe people. And after like a decade, a village becomes self-sustaining which is very cool. And then they pull out and they let the village do what the village does. And they give microloans and those kind of things so people can start other businesses. And it's a great company. But unapologetically, they start churches in those towns too because they know the best thing they can do is share the gospel. So I'm going to help you today and I'm going to help you for eternity, right? That's what they believe. And that's what we as Christians should believe. And so when we look at this, we have something that we talk about at Alive called Entry Points. And I've got a long story on, on how I share that. But let me, let me give you a, a condensed version of that story. And here's how Entry Points works. Okay? My house, when I was in middle school, got robbed. Okay? Well, we were, we were burglarized when I was in middle school. And uh, we changed how we locked up our house after that. We, we actually had a, a garage door code and alarm code that were different. We put the bars in our windows so they couldn't slide, even if they were unlocked, and then the sliding glass doors. We changed the deadbolts and the locks on all the other doors. There was no way anybody was going to get into our house again. Now, my neighbors, uh, my neighbors were not quite as savvy as far as security goes. And uh, I could get it. I'm not even like I've, I've never robbed a home in case you're wondering. Uh, but I could, get, I could get into their home in five minutes flat, no problem, every day of the week. Okay. And in fact, uh, I actually, even after I taught them what I'm about to tell you, uh, I still closed their garage door. I would, I would close the store at the mall when I worked for Billabong. I would close the store. I'd come home. And then I would see their garage door open. And he was always asleep when I knocked. So I'd run in, and I'd hit the button, and I'd run and jump over the laser so the door didn't stop. And I closed their door probably three or four times a week. Um, but, and we don't live there anymore, so they probably have gotten robbed. I don't know. But anyways, the story works like this. Uh, they didn't believe me that their home was so easy to get into. So a friend of mine and I got home from school before they did one day, and I said, let's teach them something. And so I said, let's see if we can get into their house, and when they get home, we're just going to be inside. And so what we did is I went to the front door, and it was locked, and I said, oh, that's a surprise. Um, and so then I ran around to the back of the house, and not only was the back door not locked, the sliding glass door was open and just the screen was closed. And so we slid the screen open, and we went in, and we sat on their couch, and they had an Xbox, so we started playing Madden. And, um, and then when they got home, they were like, why are you in my house, right? And we said, 
I've told you time and again, I could get in anytime I want. You guys literally never lock your doors, okay? And in fact, I think one of our other friends was actually in their fridge when they got home to make matters worse. Uh, And so they learned their lesson. But here's what I'm saying with this entry point thing. When it comes down to evangelism, all of these things, the best loving and highest priority thing that we can do is evangelism. And sometimes when we tell our friends, the front door to their soul is locked. It's like my house. Getting into their soul is, you're not getting in. And other times they're like my friend. You can, you can just walk in the back door anytime you want. They're ready for it. And all they need is, is hey, can I tell you about why, why I've changed recently? Or, hey, can I tell you about what I'm learning at church? Or, hey, can I bring you to New Life with me this week so you can see what I keep hearing about? And sometimes it's one ask, and they're like, sure. And then they come, and they get saved, and they keep coming to church, and it's a great thing. Other times it's like my house, and you're just knocking on stone. But you know what? Even with how secure my home was, Every now and again, it would, be, it would be really hot in June and in Seattle. Nobody has AC because that's crazy. And uh, we, would, we would put a bar in our window that allowed us just to open it a little bit of a crack, right? And one day, I was at school, and uh, it was a hot day, so I opened my, my window that night to let some fresh air in. And then I went to bed, got up, went to school, and my brother came home, and he had left his key inside the home. And so he climbed up on the roof. And he's, my brother's, I'm 6'2", my brother's 6'7", so he's a little taller than me. And he reached in with his long arm and knocked the bar down and then slid the door open, or slid the window open and got into my room and got inside and it was what it was. And sometimes that's the way our friends' souls are. It's going to be a hot night in the middle of summer, years after you meet, and there's going to be a second story window that's open and just ready for you to go, hey, are you ready to give it a shot? Are you ready to hear the gospel? Are you ready to learn about this God that's changed me? And that's, that's, that's what we talk about with entry points is we've got to be on the lookout for those because they're not always the front door or the back door wide open like my neighbor. Sometimes it's a second-story window in the middle of summer. So there's that. And, and so we go, well, how do we do that? How do we do that? And I, as I was talking to Kevin getting ready for this, and as you have probably seen here on Sunday mornings if you've been around for any length of time, Kevin... Kevin is very intentional, and Ron is intentional, and I'm intentional this morning about sharing the gospel every Sunday. So we've got two options. You can go, hey, uh, you've seen some changes. I don't really know how to explain what I'm going through, but can you just come to church with me and see what I'm going through? And then there is a promise that there will be a gospel presentation every Sunday here, and they will be able to have an opportunity to meet Jesus every Sunday here. And I think that is something that you could take to the bank and be excited about for your friends. But the other one is when we get to evangelize in the context of friendships, when we get to evangelize in the context of healthy relationships. And sometimes it's really overwhelming and, and a little bit concerning. Like, well, I don't, I don't actually know what I should do next. I'm a little worried about how to take the next step. And so what we want to do this morning is I'm going to go, you know what, I don't normally use this, this picture uh, because it's kind of it'd be kind of cheesy to sit down and like draw this out for somebody. But what I do is I keep it in my mind so that I can track it in my brain. That way, as I'm telling a story, as I'm sharing the gospel, I'm sharing what Jesus has done in my life. I can go check this out. This is this is how it works. And so I'm going to give you a word picture this morning, and and uh, and maybe you can use it uh, and keep it in mind for the next time you have one of those conversations. But, anyways, here is this board, and uh, what we've got is we've got. Uh, We've got a full gospel story, but Genesis 1 and 2 is very clear that God 
created, right? It says, in the beginning, God created. And what I love about Genesis 1 and 2 is sometimes it's easy to think, you know what? God created because he just wanted people to worship him. No, no, no. God created because we have an abundant God that has plentiful resources. And he goes, you know what? I'm just going to keep creating. And I'm going to keep making. And I'm going to make people because I like being in relationship with this Trinity. And I want people to experience that. I want to create something that can experience that as well. And that's you and I, which is awesome. And so God created you and I to be in relationship with him. And so I start with this, and I've just got a, I've got a little stick figure here that I'm going to draw. And, you know, you can, you can add hair or a bigger body or whatever you want. Maybe you've got muscles. I don't, so I'm not going to add them. And then we've got, uh, we've got God here, right? And, you know, we don't really know what God looks like, but in the Old Testament, he showed himself as a cloud once, so I'm going to put him in a cloud, right? And we've got this awesome picture that God designed you and I to be in relationship with him and just enjoy community with him right? And then as we look at it, in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve did something, and they, they, they messed it up a little bit, right? They, they disobeyed God, and they, they fell away from him. And, and sometimes it's easy to look at that and go, dude, if I was in, in Genesis, if that was me instead of Adam, uh, I wouldn't have messed it up because God's right there. And the truth is, uh, I totally would have messed it up. I'm not the hero in the story and rarely am the hero of a story. But I would have messed it up too, and if I didn't believe that, Romans is pretty clear in 3.23 where it says, uh, for everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. And what I, what I enjoy about Sunday mornings here is Kevin's really clear about, hey, what does sin look like? And I think he's got a great, a great explanation for it. He goes, sin is the things that keep us up at night, right? Those things that we said, you know, we wouldn't do that, look at that, go there, say that, smoke that, be with them ever again, and all of a sudden we are. And all of a sudden, we're up at night thinking about it. It's those things that keep us up. And then he says, it's the things that hurt us, hurt other people, and are ultimately in rebellion against God. Those, those are the things that sin are, and we know what those are. We know what the things are that are entrapping us and keeping us down and that are pulling us away from a God who loves us and relationships that are vital to us. That's what sin is. And we've got one that says, you know what? For everyone's sin, and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And on top of that, we get the second verse in Romans that says, you know what, for the wages of sin, the payout for sin, the payout for the things we've done is death. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about like you're going to die someday. I'm talking about an eternal separation from God. And so here's what it might look like is, is we've got this, this chasm that shows up between us and God here. And at the bottom, this is like impassable. We're not going to get across it. And at the bottom of it, you can even write death, right? And uh, that's, where, that's where life apart from God is taking us. And sometimes we, we like to look at stories like what we talked about at the beginning of this message, or like my dad, and we go, you know what? Maybe he made it not at faith when he was a kid. Or, or maybe, maybe the good things he does and the fact that he works hard is good enough. But Proverbs tells us, you know what? There's a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death, right? There's a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. And sometimes we get this picture like, well, what if there was a scoreboard, right? Like, oh, you know what? I, I went out and I smoked that, looked at that, drank that, whatever. But, I, but I'm, I'm faithful to my wife. Or I went out and did that again, but I gave to a charity. Or I went out and we think, well, maybe there's just a scoreboard. And if I get enough good points at the last second, I score a three-point and I'm in it. I win and I can go to heaven. And that's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible goes, actually, there's not a scoreboard. There's nothing like that. Instead, we've got something that's easier and better for you. We go, the gospel is, 
is kind of exclusive. There's only one way. But that one way is so inclusive, it's for anybody, right? And so we look at this and we go, no matter what we do, we're going to be far from God. No matter what we do, we can never pass this jump. But what we get in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy actually, is, is this picture. Actually, this 1 Timothy. I thought it was, there you go, it's on the board. I'm glad somebody knows what's up. Anyways, in 1 Timothy, we get this picture where it goes, God wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. How awesome is that? We've got a God that goes, you know what? I want everybody on my team. I'm not looking for just the best. I'm not looking for just the brightest. I'm looking for anybody that's out there. I want everybody on my team, and that's who I care about, and that's who I love, despite the things that they've done. I'm not looking at the scoreboard. What I'm looking at is you. That's what I'm looking at. And so we've got a God that goes, man, I want everyone to know me and to understand me and to make that happen. I want it to be so easy because I want redemption and freedom and salvation from sin and life to be easy for everybody. And he goes, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm going to send my son. And we've seen this verse at football games and the crazy guys on the freeway holding up signs and everything else. We see this verse, but John 3.16 is what we're all about. It's the heartbeat of God. And it says, for this is how God loved the world. And we're not talking about the things that we love in the world. We go sit on a beach and look at a sunset, or we get to look at beautiful mountains. I'm from Seattle area, and we got to look at Mount Rainier. And that's what it was on a sunny day when you could see Mount Rainier from my house. You knew it was going to be a good day. And that's not what God's talking about here. Sure, he loves that, but God loves you. And in this verse, it could just be written to you. It could just say, you know what? For God so loved Jake, okay? And that's, that's the truth. Sometimes we look at this verse and we go, well, it's for everybody. It is for everybody, but what you need to know is the gospel tells us in other places about a, about a woman who lost one coin and she digs through her whole house to find this one lost coin even though she has other money. Or the, or the shepherd who goes out and tries to find his one lost sheep and he leaves his other 99 to go find that one. Or the dad who lost his son and he's waiting for his one son to come home. That's what we read about in the gospel and that's what this is all about. God's waiting for you. He died for you and if the rest of the world is perfect, which trust me, they're not, I'm not, even if the rest of the world was perfect, Jesus still would have come for just you. He would have gone, you know what? I get it, and I'm coming for you because I want you on my team. And so we look at this, and we go, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And uh, let me tell you, that's not the case everywhere. And what I love about this verse is it's very clear. Everyone who believes in God has eternal life. It doesn't matter. God won't have a bad day and be like, you know what? Today it's not for everybody. You're out. That's not ever going to happen. He goes, everybody who believes in me will get to have eternal life, which I love. And so here's what we do with this chasm. We look at it and we go, you know what? Jesus died on the cross. So what we get to look at is, is this cross that's just going to fill up for us the space. And so I'm going to fill this space with that. And uh, I'm going to write Jesus in here. And we look at this and we go, okay, this chasm that you and I couldn't cross, we couldn't jump with all our good points and all our three-point shots and all our desperate attempts to be a good person. Jesus filled And he goes, that's it. That's all there is to it, friends. We look at this, and all you need to do is trust in me. See, and that's what we're talking about. When we talk about evangelism with a friend, we're not not saying you need to draw this. What I'm saying is as long as you keep this in mind and you go, well, how does the gospel work? Well, the gospel is inclusive and for everyone. We've got a God who is is passionate about everybody, right? Right? And then we, we look at this and we go, God created us, you and I, to be in relationship with him. And we pulled that out of Genesis 1 and 2. 
He created you to hang out with him. You know, it's not one of those things where it's like, like, oh, you know what, you're the younger friend who's a, you know, a, a child of my parents' friends, so we just have to hang out right now. It's not one of those relationships. It's like, no, actually, I want to be with you, and I want to be a friend with you, and I care about you, and I care about the things you care about, and I, and I care about setting you free, right? And then the second part is this. We go, we sinned and fell away from God. And that we read in Genesis, and then what we read in Romans, that we're responsible for that too. But what we add to that is we go, you know what, we cannot earn heaven. And here's the deal. I love that because I I don't think I want to try to earn heaven because I don't think I'm ever going to quite get there. I think I'm going to have too many dirty jeans or too many cars that can't quite go that far. I'm going to have too much that I'm never really going to get there. And I love that I can't earn heaven because I don't, I don't need to earn heaven, right? Because I've got a God that's done it for me. And that's where we pull this last thing out. We go through, through Jesus, we have a savior, a way out of sin and the hope of heaven. And that is freeing. That is amazing if you think about it. We go, you know what? Those of us that are far from God, no matter what we've done, we've got a God that goes, I love you. I care about you. I want to set you free. I want you to be redeemed. I want you to be, have a savior, and I want you to spend an eternity with me because I love you and I care about you. Man, I love that story, and that's what we get to look at. So here's what we're going to do this morning. All of this, so, what, so what's next? So what's next? Number one, we get this, this thing, those of you that are, that are Christian, we go, hey, what about you? We go, uh, you know what? I want to intentionally seek an entry point with somebody. And I put one blank there. I didn't put 35. I put one blank there on purpose. Because if we go, well, my whole family or all of my friends or all of these people that I meet or all of my coworkers, we're going to have a hard time trying to find that one entry point. But if we go, you know what? I got one friend, Jeremy. I got one friend that I want to just reach out to. Then it's just one, and we go, okay, we found that entry point, and then there's another, and we're looking for that entry point, and another, and we're looking for that entry point. One at a time, in the context relationship, going, you know what? Let me tell you about this God that changed my life. You know what? I'm, I'm not quite ready to tell you. I don't quite know how to tell you. Can you come to church with me and learn about this God that made me new, right? I've been working on my car this week, and uh, it's a 94, and you can't make fun of it if you're a 49ers fan, because that was the last year you won the Super Bowl, so basically... <laughs> It's a brand new car, and, uh, and I've been working on it a ton, right? I, I, I've been cleaning it up. I got the AC to work again, and, you know, like the 49ers have to polish their rings. That's what, that's what I've been doing, and I look at this and go, man, this car, this car is great, but you know what's true is it's not new still, and if I was like, come and see my car. It's all clean and new. You'd be like, Jake, you're crazy. Okay, and that's the way this is. We've got a God that goes, no, 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 I'm not going to, I don't want to just clean you up and make you look good. I want to make you new. Like, I want to get you a brand new one, okay? We want to have something new in you, and that's what God wants to do, and that's what he wants to do with each of your friends that you go, you know what, let me reach one at a time, just one at a time, right? And then what he says here in this last, or this last option is, you know what, if you're, if you're here as a guest, uh, or you're here to watch somebody get baptized, or you've been checking out church for a little while, the last one's for you. And, and maybe it's, I want to become a Christian today, or maybe you're like, Jake, I'm not quite there yet, but I want to come back and explore a little more. And maybe that's where you're at, okay? And so here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for us, and, uh, and then I'm going to pray for all of us, and I'm going to pray for those of you and your friends that you're going to be reaching out to. But the second one, then I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to invite you to join me in prayer and, and give you some prayer to say uh, for, for what it looks like to become a Christian today. So let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this morning. Man, thank you for uh, uh, the gospel. 
and the fact that you love us and you care about us and that we can't earn heaven, but rather you just want to give it to us and all we got to do is open up and take it. Uh, God, for our friends that are far from you and our family that's far from you, God, can you uh, just show us an entry point, a clear spot, whether it be an open back door or whether it be the second story window in the middle of summer? Can you just show us that entry point? And now, God, those of us that are in here that are ready to go, you know what? I've been checking this out for a while. I've been testing the waters. Man, God, can, can you just uh, can you bless them this morning? But, but as they pray with me as well, can, can you just welcome them home? And then if that's you this morning, you can just repeat with me here and just go, Hey, God, thank you uh, for bringing me to this place. God, I know I'm far from you, and I know that there's sin in the way, and, and that, that I need something to, to save me and redeem me and make me new. And God, this morning I see that that is only you. God, I, I'm ready to make you the boss of my life and give you control, and I'm ready to get out of the way and just see the things that you can do in and through me, starting today and going on for eternity because we know the decisions we make today echo into eternity. And God, for the rest of us, just pray this morning is just a blessing and that you continue to uh, just let us see how close you are. Let us feel how close you are. And it's your son's name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.